It's 1 o'clock on a Wednesday. Hello, everybody listening online at WRPR. And to those of you listening, some of you guys are listening on the radio, 90.3 FM, North Jersey area. Uh, we got lots of stuff to talk about today. Uh, full hour for today. We're going to be talking Madden 2017. It is out. It's like a, an annual pilgrimage for all the football fans and the gamers, uh, the sports gamers. Next is Doc Gooden. There's a lot of stuff going on with uh, Dwight Gooden. Gi- Giants news, Jets news. They're playing each other this this Friday night, Saturday night. And we're going to do a little bit of Olympics wrap-up. As you know, the closing ceremonies were last week. And then some other news. What is going on with the Oakland A's clubhouse? And then we'll end, as we always do, with a little bit of a Periscope segment. Hopefully we got some uh, more interesting people than last week. So uh, Lenny <laughs> just tweeted me and said, I must send you my PT schedule so you can schedule your terrific show around it. Well, Lenny, good for you. Good, good, you're in luck because I, I do post it online. You can download it after and take it with you. I am on SoundCloud. You can download it there. Everybody, I also am on iTunes, and you can just take it, it's a, it and it'll update automatically. If, if you subscribe yourself on the podcast section, Every time something I upload something new, it goes right to your phone. So I think that's pretty cool. In other news, on my Twitter page, uh, my Twitter, I have 494 followers. Oh, almost 500. So if you're listening and if you are a face, uh, a uh, Twitter follower of mine, can we please get me to 500? That would be really cool. I feel like I should give something away to the 500th follower, but. It's not numbered. It doesn't say, like, this person is first, this is second, this is third. It's just like a big jumble. So I would like to give something away. I just can't. I don't know how to do it. So if anybody has any ideas, definitely I would love to hear them. <laughs> so if you want to see me, jump on over to Periscope. We'll, we'll be there in about we'll be there in about a half an hour. Okay. So first topic of the day, Madden 2017 is out. And if you'd like to call in, by the way, at any point in time during today's show, I have my eye on it. Got something to say? Call the studio. 201-825-1234. If there's just something bothering you and you just want to talk about something relating to sports, obviously, this is 60 Minute Overtime. Summer episode six. Call in. Love to hear from you. Okay, so Madden 2017 is out. And the players are not so sold on their ratings. <laughs> Madden 2017. Madden is the most probably successful uh, produced, you know, by EA Sports. It's the most successful sports game in all of sports gaming ever. Millions and millions of copies sold. People wait in line for it. It's Basically, if you walked in and you didn't know anything about anything and you walked in and there someone was playing Madden, but you didn't know and you looked at the TV, you would think there was a real game going on. That's how lifelike these games are. Like, they have, they hook players up to, like, monitoring systems so they can get their movements down, their ta- taunts, their touchdown dances, their throwing technique. This is not the video game of old, everybody. Madden 2017 is real lifelike gaming so within the game uh, within the game they have players that are rated uh, ratings for players you know they have overall rating and then they have based on skill set ratings and uh, every year it's it's a thing and I think it's 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 turning more into a thing that players are really concerned about what their Madden rating is and when I interviewed Muhammad Wilkerson uh, Back in uh, July 8th, um, I asked him, because obviously the 2017 game wasn't out yet. We were talking about the 2016 game. I asked him what he thought about his Madden rating. Madden NFL has a rating of for you for nine, uh, 96. I know you play Madden. What do you think? Is that a fair rating? I think it's a fair rating. I got a, um, somebody sent me some things over, like, through social media showing that I had, like, a 98 too with some special card or something, oh. so... Uh, I have no complaints with the ratings on that. <laughs> well, this year he does. He's an 89 overall, down from, what did he say, a 96? 98 with some special cards. So he's an 89. 
uh, his spin move. Well, first of all, he, he this is a quote from him. He says, I'm so disrespected. That's very disrespectful. I mean, coming off the best season of my career, 12 sacks, first Pro Bowl, they got something messed up with EA Sports. Then he has a spin move rating of, of 10. <laughs> when asked about his spin move, he says, well, I'm, I'm an athletic guy. I guess they haven't seen my spin moves, so I'll have to pull that out this year, I guess. <laughs> and just the, the general consensus of everything I could find was that players are not happy with their ratings. Uh, Des Bryant, if you're a Cowboy fan, Des Bryant, um, by the way, there's a viral video of him dropping passes off a jugs machine, which is like the machine, it's like a pitching machine. So they put the footballs in and they come shooting out, you control the speeds and everything on it. So there's a viral video of him trying to catch these passes and every single one of them, <laughs> he's dropping. He is dropping every single one of these passes off this machine. So Des Bryant, I think he was the eighth best wide receiver in the whole game. His rating is a 90. And he had this to say. That is an insult. Like, why would you do that to me? <laughs> well, Des Bryant, I think you did it to yourself. <laughs> uh, Giants first-round pick Eli Apple, 76 overall player. He says, okay, I could work with that right now. Rookie. Uh, as far as the Jets' first-round draft pick, Darren Lee, his overall was a 73. But before they revealed to him what his rating was, he says, I hope it's a 99, honestly. Well, it's a 73. Almost. Almost. What is a 73? And grading is like a what? A C? He's hoping for an A+. Well, you know, you got to do a little work to get there. Defensive lineman, new signee for the Giants, Olivier Vernon. Overall, 91. His speed, though, is an 81. He says... 81 is a little too too low for me. I hope Madden is watching right now. We need to get that speed up. And speaking of speed, uh, Jets running back Matt Forte. Overall, he's a 86, an 86, with a speed of 86. So reacting to his overall, he said, 86? I'm in the 80s? And then when they told him his speed was 86 as well, he said, 86? My daughter's speed is better than 86. And his daughter I saw the other day is about two years old. <laughs> um, going through some other things here. Jared Goff, first overround draft pick in the whole entire draft this year, is an 82. He wrote, he said, who makes these things? It's fine. I just think it's a little low. And uh, every year it's a big unveiling of the cover of Madden. And I think last year it was Odell Beckham Jr. You, everybody knows the catch that he made um, this year. It's uh, Rob Gronkowski, tight end of the New England Patriots. Rob Gronkowski is the, the cover boy. And if anybody's ever seen an interview with Rob Gronkowski, he looks like he has ADD to the max. So he never actually answers anything without jumping to the next thing. Um, but I guess they asked him, and he, oh, yeah, he's on the cover doing his Gronk spike that Jet fans have grown to hate. <laughs> because that means he just scored a touchdown uh, in opponents. But Patriots fans love it. So the Gronk spike, he is the cover cover boy of Madden 2017. But he does think that there is one category that the game is missing. And this is a quote from Rob Gronkowski saying, Trash talk. Because there are some players out there that just nonstop trash talk. And there's a tra according to him, there's a trash talk. And then the quote went on, but it was just nonsense. So I just cut it. But... Um, apparently the game, according to Rob Kronkowski, is missing a trash talk rating. I've asked players before when I, when I interview them, I've asked them who's the biggest trash talker out there. They never want to answer that. They never want to point fingers, I don't think. But uh, I do think, and we'll get into it a little bit later, I do think that Odell Beckham and Josh Norman had their, you know, if there is a trash talk rating, I think those would, uh, those two guys would take the cake. They've been doing a lot of trash talking on on social media to the me to the media. We'll get into that with with, uh, with Giants news. So where in the world is Doc Gooden? Um, uh, Doc Gooden, obviously, he is a legendary pitcher, Mets, Yankees. Obviously, he's been dealing with some demons, and 
he for those younger fans possibly that have not seen him pitch I I, I, I was eight when he pitched for the Yankees but I uh, watched the ESPN 30 for 30 show and if you haven't seen it I highly highly recommend it it's called ESPN 30 for 30 Doc and Daryl and it highlights the career of Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry from you know before the pros and basically up until a little bit after and now it's it's set in like a diner that they're they're catching up together and Doc and Daryl you know two tragic heroes for the Mets for the Yankees as well they have some demons they have they have uh, some some drug issues and just recently Daryl Strawberry came and said to the Daily News it's sort of long but I'll read the quote because it's important he says I've been trying behind the scenes to talk to Doc and to get him to go for help but he won't listen he thinks he can manipulate and BS his way through everything. His son called me to beg me to help his dad before he dies. The condition Doc is in, it's bad. It's horrible. It's like cocaine poison. I feel like I've got to get, at, get it out there because no one else is doing anything to help him. And it might be the only way to stop him. I have to try something before he's dead. The Yankees have stepped up right after that and offered to pay for any help that uh, Dwight Gooden does need to get himself clean. Then uh, Joe Piscopo has a show. I think it's a sports show or a variety show. I'm not sure. Joe Piscopo, Jersey Joe. You guys know him. I see him every year at the Italian conference. He, uh, Doc Gooden went on his show, or his podcast, I believe it is, and uh, he says, uh, Doc Gooden says, the Daryl thing hurt me a lot because I thought we just reestablished our relationship. I forgave him for a lot of stuff. I never threw him under the bus, never said anything about him publicly. For him to say that stuff, you have to draw a line somewhere. And guess and I guess I and I guess do a better choice of picking friends. So um Doc Gooden is is apparently not in a good way, although he insists that he is. Everybody knows how that goes. Um but I did get a chance to catch up with Doc Gooden and he was I you know, he he probably was one of the the better players I've ever interviewed. Very open, very candid. I, I really enjoyed talking with him. The audio is not the best. It was a very very crowded room, but um, touched on a lot of different points. We touched on a lot of different things and about the thirty for thirty show. What does he think? How it portrayed him? About how he thinks he should be a Hall of Famer. And if anybody wants to call in, I'd love to hear this. Because there's a whole debate. There's a whole debate we can have here. Is Dwight Doc good in a Hall of Famer or not? Okay, so anyway, this was uh, at Yankee Stadium. It was a Mint Pros and Jay Irwin Productions event at Yankee Stadium. I know Jack Hoffman is listening. Hi, Jack. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. So without any further ado, it, this is a 5-minute and 21-second interview with the legend. My Five minute and twenty one second interview with the legend, Dwight Doc Gooden. Daniel McCartan here for Bronx Pinstripes Yes Network with the legendary Dwight Doc Gooden, World Series champion. You guys all know he doesn't need any introduction. Um, what is it like to be in an event like this, meeting all the fans? The line for him, by the way, has spanned three suites long. What is that? I love that because the fans are what give you the energy of the player. And when you're playing, you take out the time. Everyone's already. This is my way of saying thank you to the guys for being there for me. I love it. So you, he has a very special quality of being both a Met and a Yankee. I saw some Met fans here today, and you accused me of being a Met fan. <laughs> I think I've seen you on City Floor a couple of times. <laughs> um, so in your Yankee years, um, you know, George Steinbrenner did give you the second chance. What, did, what do you think about George Steinbrenner? George is awesome. Um, George is like a second dad to me. Give an opportunity to read George's oh, career and do it here in New York. It was great. And once I retired, I got another side of George and I mean, you know, I know. And one thing that's the most I've never forgotten, my dad was sick. George came in and uh, we went to a meeting. I saw a friend of mine ready to go money complex and he said, how's Dr. Dad? He's about to go. Take out time to come to the hospital. Like an hour with me, my dad. I mean, I can turn it down. That, that, that's that's awesome. 
Awesome. How did that conversation go when he said, listen, we want to, we want you and Daryl back here? Oh. That was great because uh, you know, I was coming back from the suspension and the mess wanted to cut ties, which yeah. I completely understand. Yeah. And then I remember meeting with Joyce the first time I met with him. We didn't even talk about We just talked about the things I was doing off the field. Off the field. And they say we talked. And, um, he said, I want you to make me out of trouble. I think you'll be fine. Just give an opportunity for a long run. And then what is your conversation after the fact with Daryl? Like, oh, man, he, we got a second chance? Well, Daryl, I remember, um, I think, 95 came over in 96. He was going to roll. He said we got a chance to sign Daryl from him. He was playing an independent ball. I said, mm -hmm. yeah. And then had both on the same team. And win the championship here in New York. Yeah. Why don't you guys ever do that with the Mets and Yankees? Yeah. You don't get no better. So, uh, what are your fondest memories since we're at Yankee Stadium? What are your fondest memories with the Yankees? I mean, I guess I could say the 96 World Series and from a personal standpoint, it's no better because right. my dad taught me the game and I said, turn on the last game of Tommy's Right. Yeah, so you, I saw that on the 30 for 30 special actually. So, did you, you know, do you think that they did do a good job depicting your life and career on that program? Uh, I thought they did good with everything that took place. I Claiming I didn't do that, but mm -hmm. like more to me what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. Positive stuff, I think they could have shown a little bit more. Like, okay. I'm doing stuff like all that. I mean, that's the one they showed. I agree with it. Okay. I'm, I'm doing things different now. So, what are you doing? What are you up to now? Well, my thing now is I love kids. That's my passion. Uh -huh. I was speaking at high school and college. Uh -huh. you know, I have a baseball academy where I teach baseball and talk about life issues as well. Uh -huh. That's what kids are going to is right there with myself. Very cool. So, at these camps, I wonder. How would your career have been different should there have been social media around? Well, in a way, I'm glad they didn't have social media in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have, I didn't have it different. I think I'll make better decisions. Yeah. Most importantly, I just need to be honest with myself and a lot of time I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm glad to do it differently. So the Mets call you up to be a part of their Hall of Fame. How did that conversation go? That was great. Um, I talked to um, Jeff. Yep. I my first time to Mets, he was a kid coming in. He gave me a call. He said, um, are you sitting? So I was like, well, because like, you do so much good things, but then off the field stuff, you don't know. Yeah. I told me that my career was okay. And everything was okay. It was the way it ended, you're not sure. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, so, you know, I was I came up with a stat. As a 19-year-old, you led the MLB in strikeouts. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure, and, and come up and doing that. And I give a lot of credit to the fans. I mean, there's no better feeling than pitching in Shea Stadium. Browse up, clapping with two strikes. And mm -hmm. That was great. But like I said, as a rookie, 19 year old, and, and do that, um, now I'm able to appreciate it more because I think while I went through that, I wanted to realize the things I was taking place. But right. now you look back on that and share with your kids and your grandkids. Yeah, and this is the anniversary of the 86 Mets. Um, do you still keep in touch with any of the guys? I know, well, Daryl they had on the show, but anybody else? Yes, I talked to all those guys, and like Keith and Ronnie, you know, they're here. Yeah. Uh, Bob here. He lives in Jersey, so it's always good to see those guys. And like I said, this year being the 30th anniversary, a lot of guys go to It's always good to catch up. Yeah. Make sure everybody's healthy and kids are doing well. So, I would say once you win a championship with somebody, you never ex teammates, you always right. teammates. Right. So, I know you've had a great career, very, you know, um, established pitcher you were. Do you ever think, what if, what could have happened, how could it have been better? You ever, does that ever cross your mind? Many times, that's a great question. And what's funny is, thinking that it could have been different, I could have been the whole thing, I could have been something. Those are the things that kept me sick because of guilt, shame, all that. Mm -hmm. But once um, I came out of incarcerated, I was right. six. I had a chance to like relive my life, and I thought about it. Well, when I was a kid, my only dream was to make too many awards. So I won like every award to pitch to win. I won three series. So I said, "Who am? Uh, who am I to beat myself up?" So I'm not pain because uh, me personally, I think I should be all the time. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, Daniel McCartan, Doc Gooden, and that is uh, Doc Gooden. Uh, he does believe he should be in the Hall of Fame, and that opens up a whole big thing because. You know, being in the Hall of Fame and being a Hall of Famer sometimes are two different things. Um, you know, you look at guys like the steroid guides, guys, the steroid age, Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds. Um, you know, it's it's just a gray area because do you f do you allow guys in that are have the stats to be a Hall of Famer or? Do you I mean, or and do you isolate their personal lives, or do you just look at the guy as a whole? You know, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, but I see. Part of me wants to say that Doc Gooden is a Hall of Famer. He has put up numbers that no one else has put up as a pitcher. But the other part of me says no. 
because of what he's going through off the field. The question here is, is, is Doc Gooden a Hall of Famer? He's put up incredible numbers, no hitters, world, two World Series. Um, but is he a, a Hall of Famer? Because he's going through some stuff. Obviously, still is, according to Daryl Strawberry. So it's not like he's clean. But he does feel like he should be a Hall of Famer himself. But if he's reliant on, on drugs, steroids are drugs, does that mean A-Rod gets in? Does that mean Barry Bonds gets in? All good questions. Anytime during the broadcast, if you want to give me your opinion, 201-825-1234. Overall, my opinion is yes, Doc Gooden should be inducted into the, the, the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. Obviously, he's in the Mets one. He should be in, in Cooperstown. He should. And they should do it soon. And they should have a vote. Obviously, it's voted on. It's not like he's just a shoe-in because he's, because he's him. The writers have to vote. And they have to see. They have to put him on the ballot. I would love to see what would happen if they put Doc Gooden on the ballot. Just to see what people would say initially. And then we can work towards something after that. That's just my opinion. This is Noah Syndergaard, pitcher from the New York Mets. You're listening to 60-Minute Overtime on WRPR. Yes, that was Noah Syndergaard. That's still cool. That's still cool for me. Uh, into Mets news. Ioannis Cespedes, as we've talked about he- on here, uh, he is the guy that was hurt on the Mets team who was caught golfing while hurt. How hurt was he? We don't know. Uh, he has been it's been five today is the sixth day since he came off the the dl the injured list last night he tweaked his quad muscle early on again in last in last night's uh, game versus the cardinals in st louis i believe the mets did pull that one out i went to bed i don't know it was on a little late i think the yankees won as well but um the mets i believe topped the cardinals in st louis i'm sure someone on periscope could could help me out with the final score of the mets game last night uh, although it looked uh, pretty serious, it, he did look like he came out for a little bit. He did stay in the game eventually. You know, Ultimately, he did stay in the game. Over the last seven days, he's been on a tear. He is exactly what um, the Mets needed. Over the last seven days or seven games or whatever, or six days, he's been he's got a 385 batting average with three home runs and five RBIs, which is incredible. Great numbers. He provides a lot of pop in the lineup for the Mets. Uh, just what they need at this time of year. So hopefully for Mets fans, you are hoping that Ioannis Cespedes could, in fact, stay healthy. <laughs> Someone, I put the question out, should Doc Gooden be a Hall of Famer? Drew Sarver at my pinstripes. I believe this is in response to that. He said no and yes. Okay. Drew, give me more. Uh, Lou Tazi is listening on Twitter. He, he tweeted me. He wrote curious how you think Gooden looked. Daryl Strawberry recently said something, how he looked like he needed help. Uh, uh, Lou, uh, I got home that day and uh, I, I did say that he did not look good. Uh, Doc Gooden did not look good. And I'm not trying to shame him or you know, because I did, I did think he was one of the better, best, I'll say best, people I've ever interviewed. So I'm not trying to, you know, defame his character or anything. I do just think that he does look pretty bad. Um, he's very, very skinny. He's very gaunt. He's very twitchy. Um, you know, he, he didn't look good. And when you look at Daryl Strawberry versus Doc Gooden, you know, over the years, now obviously they're older, uh, Strawberry looks a lot better. Strawberry looks a lot better. And I hope Doc Gooden does find the help he needs. I, I agree with Daryl Strawberry. I, I believe there is something to that. But Doc Gooden said he's not he's not back on the cocaine, is what he said, I believe. I, I'm not sure what the direct quote was, but he said he's not not on cocaine. You know, that that's that's what I, I think about that. Um you know, it's tough. It is. Um he's a great pitcher, he's a great guy. But he does need some help though. So yes, uh, Lou, that's what that's what I thought about him. Um so also Mets last uh, continuing on with the Mets last night. John Neese, starting pitcher John Neese, exited the game in the first inning after 21 pitches. Uh, he ran to cover home plate, and that was the end of him. 
and people are just I've been, I was looking on to, on Twitter just to see what Met fans were thinking. People are so fed up with with Jonathan Nice. I believe he was injured for an extended period of time. He comes back, and gets injured again. So who knows? I, I haven't followed up with the the prognosis for Jonathan Nice, but according to Mets fans, he should be off with his head. Boom, off with his head. They should get rid of him. According to Mets fans, uh, who knows? I don't know. But the Mets, as I talk with No Syndergaard on my uh, YouTube page. The Mets have been bitten by the uh, the injury bug. And this is just one more to add to that. This is Tino Martinez, the World Series champion for 60-minute overtime. I love Tino Martinez still. He was one of my first favorite players on uh, the Yankees. First baseman number 24, Tino Martinez. Now, in Yankee news, there's not much going on uh, that I want to talk about anyway, uh, except for the fact that the Baby Bombers are are doing incredible with the Yankees. I mean, the Yankees have experienced a resurgence. I talked about this last week. If someone asked me, you know, at one point in the season if it was going to be Mets or Yankees has a better shot making the playoffs, I would have said hands down Mets. I even put money on the Mets in Las Vegas to win the World Series. But now the Yankees are creeping up a little bit, and they got a little help from their baby bombers, Aaron Judge, this other guy, Gary Sanchez, he is off to a blazing start for the Yankees. He has eight home runs in his first 19 games. And he is a catcher. And he, that is the best start in team history. And now you're looking at, you're not looking at a team that doesn't have a lot of history. You're looking at the Yankees. Gary Sanchez is off to the best start in New York Yankees team history. A history that includes Ruth. Maris, Mantle, Jeter, Rodriguez. So eight home runs in his first 19 games is absolutely tearing it up. Gary Sanchez, tearing it up. Jonathan Hankins from New York Giants. You're listening to 60 Minutes Overtime on 90.3 FM. You got to get some positive yards here just so you can punt the ball from a normal distance. Manning on third and ten. He fires, and the catch is made by Cruz, who breaks free. One man to beat. Victor Cruz down the sideline. Cruz is going to take it all the way, tying an NFL record. 99 yards from Manning to Cruz. You're listening to the last time the Jets and Giants played in in a regular season game. Victor Cruz juked. And I just listened to Rick, Victor Cruz with the longest play. You heard it uh, in Giants history. 99-yard touchdown pass from Eli Manning. In the beginning, they're talking about punt. You know, getting position to punt the ball. Eli Manning tosses the ball 10 yards. Cruz puts a uh, little shake and bake on Antonio Cromartie, who just looked foolish. Antonio Cromartie, by the way, signs with the Colts. So the Giants and Jets do play each other. This is not a regular season game as that was, but this is in uh, preseason. It's on Saturday night at MetLife Stadium. The Jets are the home team, and it's at 7.30 Saturday night. Jets and Giants square off again. Uh, That takes Giant fans down memory lane. Victor Cruz has not played a game in two years due to injury, but he will be back versus the Jets this Friday and fans are curious to see a lot of the writers have uh, written him off uh, saying this is a do or die game for him if he doesn't perform well Giants should just go ahead and cut him critics are saying that about him but I looked at some practice highlights from yesterday and he just looked good I mean he he looked good he looked fast he's showing no signs of injury 
and even Odell Beckham went on onto the uh, the podium and sang the Victor Cruz praise as well. Uh, someone just said, "Do you think he's scared?" Uh, that could be. I mean, if you get seriously injured doing anything, to go back to it, you might be a little scared. Yeah, I do think so because I feel like, you know, in putting on Victor Cruz's cleats right now, if he gets hurt one more time and he's out for another extended period of time, I could definitely see that there's a little bit of fear, a little bit of trepidation on his part. I do. I do think so, but... I mean, based on practice, watching the practice highlights, I'm not talking like I was there. I've been there before, but I wasn't there yesterday. Uh, he looked good. He, he was making all the cuts he needed to make. He looked fast. And I do think this is the resurgence year. Cruz 2016. I know we got Trump and Hillary 2016, but I think this is the year of Victor Cruz. I do. Uh, especially since there's a lot less pressure off of him by having guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and... Sterling Shepard, also uh, as part of the the receiving corps for the Giants. Uh, also, the Giants have uh, really been focused on reestablishing the running game. So all of those factors, you know, Cruz isn't the only receiver in in or the for the Giants anymore. So I think that takes a little bit of pressure off of him, and I think he's a little bit less scared. That's just my opinion. I don't know. Um, there's been a new update in the Odell Beckham Jr. and Josh Norman debacle that began way back in December of 2015. If you remember, um, when the Giants played the Panthers, there was uh, apparently a, a bat, a Louisville Slugger bat that was brought onto the field. Apparently, everybody thought it was Josh Norman that brought it out, cornerback. Uh, so he's pointing the finger saying it was other people that brought who cares? It doesn't matter. There was a bat on the field that was wielded in the direction of Giants players in the direction of Odell Beckham Jr. during warm-ups. Now, apparently Odell Beckham was wearing Joker cleats and apparently Norman calls himself Batman. Who knows? I don't, know, I don't really know. But while the game was going on, if you're a fan of the WWE, you might want to check out Giants Redskins games this year because because that's where Josh Norman plays now he's no longer on the on the Panthers but wrestling broke out you went to a football game and you saw wrestling poor 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 uh, exhibition of poor sportsmanship on both of their parts and on both of the coaches parts some people say that that was the downfall of coach Tom Coughlin for the Giants by not taking his young receiver Odell Beckham out I mean we're talking about like Punches being thrown, elbows being thrown. At one point, there was a body slam. But this went on for the whole game. So, now that Josh Norman is back with the Redskins, which is already a volatile... Oh, can you just type that question again? I'm sorry, it disappeared on, on Periscope. Um, but this is already a volatile situation with the Giants-Redskins-NFC East rivalry. Now, you throw Beckham... And Norman into into the, the mix here. So here's the new update. Uh, Beckham told GQ magazine that the reason that Josh Norman is relevant is because of me. They have been going back and forth and back and forth um, on Twitter. Someone just asked, do you think uh, Odell and Norman are both overrated players? <laughs> uh, I do think Josh Norman is an overrated cornerback. I do. Uh, as for Odell Beckham Jr., I do not. I think Odell Beckham is the real deal. I just don't understand the hoopla that that um, surrounds him. I just don't get it. But I do think Odell Beckham, and I'm not trying to take sides, but I do think Odell Beckham is the real deal. Whereas Josh Norman, who knew his name before Odell Beckham started this whole thing with him? Did anybody know his name except for Panthers fans? I mean, he couldn't really contain anybody in the uh, in the in the Super Bowl. Right? Peyton Manning, injured Peyton Manning on his retirement bed. Peyton Manning picked apart the defense. So I do think uh, Josh Norman is overrated, yes. So they've been going back and forth on Twitter, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and yesterday, ESPN the magazine, Josh Norman, uh, you know, I think it came out yesterday. Josh Norman has a whole huge quote. It's a little bit long, but I'll read it because it's important. Norman claims that he did not bring the bat to the field to threaten or intimidate Beckham. He says the black Louisville slugger became like a member of the team after Panthers coach Ron Rivera 
used it in a motivational speech about standing up for yourself. Hmm. Norman says a practice squad player took it to the field and handed it to him. He said, I was just swinging it for fun. Everybody saw what he... uh, I was just swinging it for fun. And now in regards to Beckham, he says, Everybody saw what he was. People from around the league were coming up to me afterward and saying, He does that crap all the time. He has lost so much respect from people for that little tantrum. I've already got a couple people telling me, Okay, I've got a hit out on him. It's going to be a rough... It's going to be rough for him this year. And he brought it on himself. He's skilled and talented. I won't take that away from him, but he's never been through any adversity in his life. It's like, when are you ever going to grow up? At practice yesterday, Odell Beckham declined to comment. I mean, this sounds like, okay, this guy wants to talk about Des Bryant not being overrated. Oh, my God. Um, but at practice today, uh, o- uh, OB- OBJ declined to comment. Grow up. He's telling him to grow up. This sounds like an argument that takes place on a middle school playground (laughs) it's gonna be rough i have people quote i have people telling me people from the league were coming up to me afterward and saying oh come on oh come on josh norman you're just trying to stay relevant you're just trying to stay in in the spotlight you're like a middle schooler you're like a middle schooler norman maybe you need to grow up maybe you should just let your playing do the talking Everybody that I'm reading here, Norman is average. Norman's all right. When Norman says to Odell Beckham, grow up, I think he's the one that needs to grow up. So what's concerning, though, is now, I guess, uh, yeah, and and yes, that is a good point. Learning a new defense in Washington can be iffy for him. Yes, it can be. He's he, You're used to a, a, a entirely, I don't know how similar it is to the, the Panthers' uh, defensive scheme, but if you're talking, you're learning new plays and new schemes and, and new coverages with an average, we're saying average, with an average cornerback, I think advantage, you know, if you have like two uh, boxers in the ring, I think advantage is going to be OBJ this year, being in the Giants' offensive scheme for a long time. Um, so what's concerning to me is, the quote that says, okay, I've got a hit out on him, and it's going to be rough for him this year. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad for the Giants, and let me explain. Obviously, it's going to be bad for the Giants, but let's look at the, the bad news first. The bad news for the Giants would be that in the first game of the season, or in the first contest after this article comes out, which will be in the Jet game, is someone really out to get OBJ? Is someone out to take him out for a longer uh, extended period of time, injury-wise? That's always a concern. That's not what sportsmanship is. That's not what the NFL is. But is it good for the Giants in a sense that because every single time contact happens with Odell Beckham, are they going to protect him better now? And I've got on here before, and I've been saying how quarterbacks have been protected, this quarterback, that quarterback. You know, Brady, I'm sorry, Patriots fans, but come on, you can't even put a fingernail on Tom Brady without getting a penalty. Whereas other quarterbacks are getting walloped, absolutely walloped, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> so I think as long as as long as it's healthy, as long as he's a healthy player, I think it's a good thing for the Giants that um, Norman came out and said that. Because now I think referees are going to be looking for for extra bumps, extra elbows versus Odell Beckham Jr. Extra, um, you know, if I'm Eli Manning, I'm taking the ball down the field taking a chance with Odell Beckham Jr. because you know as soon as there's going to be a little bump and run it's going to be it's going to be a flag so in that sense I do think it's advantageous for the Giants and for this article to have come out and whoever said that just now on Periscope that Tom Brady is the GOAT which means greatest of all time they put the emoji oh please oh please uh, I guess that comes from a Jet fan, but I'm trying to be biased here. But, I mean, if anybody cheated, they could be the best too, right? Can't they? Um, so in Jets news, let's, let's, uh, let's, we're a little stuck in the mud here. Let's move over to Jets news. Um, I was at Jets news and I'm wearing, someone commented about my overrated Eric Decker t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. Shame on you. Uh, but the Jets held an anti-bullying symposium at the, the training facility. Um, I guess it was yesterday, the day before. Uh, it was a panel discussion for educators, for teachers like myself. That is my day job. 
Um, so there was a panel discussion with Ross Ellis, female. She is the founder of Stomp Out Bullying, which is the lar- largest anti-bullying organization in the country. The MC was Otis Livingston, as you guys know him from CBS 2 News. He does the Jets uh, shows, and he also does he anchors sports at 5 o'clock p.m. on CBS. Um, and there was a special, special visitor from uh, Eric Decker at the symposium, the anti-bullying symposium. Um, Eric Decker also has apparently has been involved in a school shooting. Happened when he was in high school. He was a high schooler in Minnesota, and there was a school shooting of, he told the story to the teachers, um, of the fact that there was a, a freshman being bullied by a senior. And that freshman came to school with a gun and shot two people, killing one, injuring the other. Um, and I do think that, you know, he was rushed. He's got, a, he's got a great perspective on this, but he was rushed. He just came really to say hi. Uh, everybody in the crowd kind of was like, you could feel the energy as soon as he walked through the door. And here he is. So that was Eric Decker. Obviously, he was on his way to practice. It was one of those things where if you have any questions, give them to me. If not, I'm going to go kind of thing. So um, Eric Decker has been the face of the Jets for in their anti-bullying campaign uh, because of his experiences. And uh, it was nice. It was a nice little visit from him. Uh, Then we were brought out onto the field to watch practice. And uh, at the end, he, he did come over, too. Um, if you guys want to check out the article, I did write up an article for that. It's on my brand new. I haven't really said much about it yet. But if you would like to go and look at it, it's go to prosportsrundown.com. That's my newest venture. So you guys got a sneak peek. I'll, I'll officially launch it very soon. I just wanted to get some content up there. You don't want to release anything not finished yet. So uh, I did write an article. It is up there. And it is uh, very... Uh, very uh, much a, a recap of what went on there. So there's people uh, talking to each other now on my Periscope feed. This is a very interactive Periscope feed today. Thank you very much. This is much better than last week. Uh, someone's asking, is Geno Smith still on the Jets? And you know what? I tweeted something this morning. Um, Geno Smith might be in some trouble uh, as as uh, second-string quarterback on the Jets. Uh, Bryce Petty has been putting up some great, great numbers in the preseason. Uh, Christian Hackenberg, they're not really sure what they're going to do with him, but he hasn't gotten any game snaps. But talking uh, Gino and Petty, right now if I had to pick, I would say I would take Bryce Petty over Gino Smith just the, by the improvements that he's made between last year and this year. And, uh, yeah, the broken jaw is another thing. But, uh, you know, if and I've said it before. I've been on here before, and I've said it before. The Jets have had some quarterback issues. Uh, Mark Sanchez eating hot dogs on the sideline. Um, yes, that is that. That is true. Um, but Geno Smith, um, you know, listen, if a quarterback is looked at the leader of the team no matter what, and if your leader of your team is getting punched in the face for whatever reason, it doesn't matter what the reason was, if you're looking black and white, if you're quarterback, backup quarterback at the time, and he ha- he apparently was putting uh, together a good training camp. He was going to make a bid to be the starting quarterback. This is now before Ryan Fitzpatrick ca- uh, came along. If your quarterback gets punched in the face, what kind of leadership qualities does he actually have? What kind of respect? What kind of respect does he garner from the players in that locker room? Okay, I'm not condoning this. Obviously, I'm a coach, but I'm just I'm, I'm looking at it as as a, a leadership role. What kind of leadership role did he take in that locker room? And obviously, not much because of what happened. Apparently, uh, someone just sent me a message. Yeah, I'm not going to speculate on what it was, but uh, the rumor was that it was a $600 plane ticket. Uh, apparently, Geno Smith uh, committed to going to some, you know, all these players have their football camps. Apparently, he committed to going to one of the camps, and uh, he did not show up. He was a no-show, which, if that is the, the case, I mean, I wouldn't. I would hate it if someone said they were coming on my show and didn't come on, and I'm not paying them anything. I'm not paying for anything. So... 
Apparently it was over a $600 plane ticket and a little bit of uh, disrespect. People, his teammates probably look at him as a joke. Uh, someone just said that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, and Carlos Williams, a free agent running back from the Bills, visited the Jets yesterday. Why, I'm not sure. The Jets have uh, eight running backs on their roster. Um, but I did start to uh, reflect on that a little bit. And the question that came to my mind is, Matt Forte, the Jets brought him in from the Bears. He's been injured. He hasn't really been really putting any effort, you know, in practice uh, in, in, in the um, preseason. Could his injury be more serious than we all thought it was? That's the only reason. I mean, Bilal Powell is a great back, too, but that could be the only reason why the Jets are trying to beef up their running backs with a guy coming over from the Bills. Could Matt Forte's injury be more serious than we all thought? I don't know. I'm not sure. But we'll find out. I'm sure we will find out very soon. Within the next two weeks, we'll know. Um, but apparently it wasn't a very serious visit uh, between the Williams and the Jets. It was kind of like a, I'm going to feel you out kind of thing. But um, someone just asked me, um, do I f- feel sad that Rex left? Initially, yeah. Initially, I did feel sad that Rex left. But now, no. Uh, because although he fired them up right in the beginning, you know, coming out and saying they're making the playoffs and this and that, I uh, I do think Todd Bowles is a more even-keeled coach. I do respect the way he does look at both the offense and the defense. I think Rex was too defensive-handed. Obviously, he has a defensive background, but I just think for a little while he, he, he neglected the offense, Rex. And I think Bowles is doing a much better approach as uh, looking at the team as a whole and moving on from there. Obviously, uh, Eric Decker helps. Obviously, having Brandon Marshall helps, too. Uh, Brandon Marshall, as someone said it before, he's a beast. Brandon Marshall's a beast. And that's going to be a fun to watch. They were uh, they broke records last year, in Jets records anyway, for uh, touchdowns. Um, I did ask Eric Decker in an in a interview, i see if I can pull that up real quick. I, I did ask him uh, when it was Ryan Fitzpatrick time. Uh, I did ask him if he would put up the same numbers that he did w- if his quarterback is not Ryan Fitzpatrick, meaning hinting that if his quarterback is Geno Smith, does he put up the same record-breaking numbers as he did with quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick? Okay, so this is uh, myself. Danielle McCartan interviewing Eric Decker uh, one-on-one. There is video. You you might want to check out the video for him and not for me. But uh, you go on my YouTube page, Coach Coach, space M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. You'll find it here. And this is what I asked Eric Decker when when Ryan Fitzpatrick was unsure of coming back. Like basically trying to gauge a confidence level in Geno Smith. Coming off a season where you and Brandon Marshall broke the single-season touchdown record for 30, it was held for 30 years. Do you put up the same numbers if your quarterback isn't Fitzpatrick? Well, we definitely have the capability of putting the same numbers up. You know, it comes down to scheme and play calls and, you know, what Chan uh, decides to do from game to game. But we definitely have the potential. We have, you know, we've been building now in the offseason the relationship with Geno to, to work on those things. and redefine who we are and I think being on the system for another year just gives us an advantage this offseason to to really you know key in on the details yeah, uh, yeah Bryce Petty he's they're building with Bryce Petty I mean but they're building with Geno Smith they're building with him he's been there come on hi this is Mike Riley outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers and you're listening to 60 minute overtime on 93.3 FM WRPR well, it was close. Ninety-three point three. It was close. So, um, just some Olympic stuff. I, this is we've done. We've covered the Olympics, and I thought it would just be fitting to to, to kind of wrap it up here. Um, the Olympics news. Well, they're over. Uh, the final medal counts was the United States are uh, were the number one medal winners at uh, with one hundred and twenty-one total. It looks like they swept every category: gold, silver, and bronze. Second place total medals was China. With 70. Next, Great Britain, 67. Russia, 56. And in fifth place, Germany with 42. Um, the biggest news that we've had has been Ryan Lochte. And what an embarrassment Ryan Lochte has been to the entire United States through his false claims to the world about being robbed at gunpoint in Brazil. 
Uh, it has come out since since he said that it has come out. Um, apparently, it happened at a gas station. The gas station released videos. Uh, him and his uh, teammates, I believe there are four of them in total, were just absolute drunken messes. And they tried to make something out of nothing, I believe, especially Ryan Lochte. His only four sponsors have dropped him. Four sponsors were Speedo, Polo, Ralph Lauren, Gentle Hair Removal, and the mattress company Airweave. <laughs> Someone said he pulled a man tail. Yeah, you know what? It's not in the same context, though, but... Um, yeah, I guess he did pull a Manti Teo somewhat, uh, but Ryan Lochte was dropped. Um, and this, the quote from Speedo says, the quote is, While we have enjoyed a winning relationship with Ryan for over a decade, and he has been an important member of the Speedo team, we cannot condone, condone behavior that is counter to the values that this brand has long stood for. We appreciate his many achievements and, he, and hope he moves forward and learns from this experience. We talked about before Doc Gooden needing help. This guy needs help. He's a complete and utter liar. He's a pathological liar. And he would have gotten away with that story had the investigation not been as strong as it had been. People just believed him. I know I believed him. With the whole hype about Brazil not being you know, fit to hold the games and the crime and everything else. I believed him. I think the world believed him. And then when it came out that he, uh, he was lying, <laughs> I think he just... It was not a good look for the entire United States. And I always, I'm a coach too. When I tell the kids that you put on that uniform, you represent not just yourself, not just me, but the, the school and the town. Someone has to have that conversation with Ryan Lochte. And I hope his four sponsors dropping him wakes him up. I was trying to find out how much money he did lose by being dropped. I could not find that. It's got to be in the millions. It's got to be in the millions. Speedo? Ralph Lauren? Who knows? So I did find uh, a, a somewhat of an apology. It's not really an apology, but this is Ryan Lochte talking. To, uh, I found this on CNN. And, oh, this is him talking to NBC's Matt Lauer. That's why I'm taking full responsibility for it, is because I over-exaggerated that story. And if I never did done that, we wouldn't be in this mess. Those guys would never be in Rio or were in Rio. Um, nothing of the, none of this would have happened, and it was my immature behavior. All right, that's just part of the interview. I over-exaggerated that story. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's sorry. It doesn't sound like he's remorseful at all. It just sounds to me like he's sorry he got caught lying. Lying like a rug. And that's the Olympics. So, uh, Apparently, uh, L.A. is trying to make a bid for, I believe it's a 2024 Olympics. Uh, they unveiled some plans, and, and I don't know. Hopefully, uh, hopefully it does come to the United States. That would be kind of cool. Other news, a final bit for today. Uh, other news, the Oakland A's. What's going on in the Oakland A's clubhouse? Billy Butler and Danny Valencia have both been fined for a major fight in the clubhouse Friday night. This may have started, the initial reports are, this may have started over a pair of cleats. Which, upon further investigation on my part, this might be some truth to that story. Because Butler and Valencia's lockers used to be near each other's, very close to each other's, and now they aren't. So did someone steal a pair of cleats? Did someone not like the other pair of cleats that the other guy was wearing? Who knows, but it ended end up being a... Major fight, major blowout fight. I believe it was Billy Butler got the brunt of it, I believe, because I believe he was put uh, through concussion protocol. That's the weird news of the day. Um, someone asked me before, I did take a note with my pen and paper, uh, what do you think about Osweiler going to the Texans? I think it was foolish of the Broncos to let him go, and now we're seeing it. <laughs> Must have been a very nice pair of cleats. It Must have been gold-encrusted, diamond-encrusted cleats. In that case, I'd fight over them, too. But, um... Osweiler to the Texans. I think that was a foolish move by the Broncos. And, and shame on you, owner of the Broncos, John Elway. Shame on you for letting a quarterback go like that. Osweiler is, first of all, just the sheer size. The guy is, like, huge. I don't know exactly how tall. Maybe I can look this up real quick. But Brock Osweiler is huge. And he's learning under Peyton Manning. He's 6'7". And he's learning under Peyton Manning. He's a young guy born in, he's 25, 1990. Learning under Peyton Manning, why do you just let a guy like that go? Why do you just let him walk like that? 
And then, and then to boot, they bring in Mark Sanchez. And I was a Jet fan. At that point, I was a Jet fan. Now I'm a Jet media. But uh, Mark Sanchez over Brock Osweiler? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He, and now they're saying Mark Sanchez might not even be uh, make the, the final roster is the last I've heard. Come on. What? So, Brock Osweiler, I hope you uh, make the Broncos very sorry, and I hope you do a great job in Houston with the Texans. Yeah, Texans did overpay him. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. For an unproven quarterback, I, I believe he did get overpaid. But you know, and that's just going to add some more um, pressure on his shoulders, I believe, because he's, he has to perform now. And we've seen it in New York. We've seen it. Players that come in, what's his name? A.J. Burnett came in. I, you know, he did win one World Series, but other than that, after after that, he went sort of down. They brought him in in 2009, won the World Series with a, a stacked lineup. I'm not saying A.J. Burnett was the MVP that got them there, but he was a bust. He couldn't handle the media. He couldn't handle the scrutiny, and he had a major contract too. So I'm curious to see if Brock Osweiler will be able to handle the money that they did, did give him in Texas. He's playing football in Texas. So uh, that's that. So uh, if without any other questions over there on Periscope, if you guys have been listening, I've had a steady stream. Oh, have you seen the Emerson hit on Geno Smith? If no, no, I have not. I have not. Let me see if I can Google that real quick. Dave Emerson's big hit on Geno Smith from 11-1-15. Let's take a look at that. Second down and 10. Now he's on the run, needs the 34. Got it, and he's going down the sideline. He gets by a Oh, I remember this one. Yes, I remember that. Well, you, know, you love this competitiveness from Geno Smith, but you can't take this hit at the end of the play. Remember now, who's going to go play quarterback if you get knocked out? I like the fact that he pulls it down. He escapes pressure. Now we see his speed and his playmaking ability. Now the beast smart right here. You can't take that hit from Emerson. So Geno Smith running down the sideline absolutely gets owned by a uh, Raiders defender. Uh, Geno Smith showed no signs of... Uh, he gets up fixing his helmet. Um, he showed no signs of, of taking the quarterback slide. It was fair game. He was still in bounds when he was hit. I think it was a fair hit on him. It was a, a, a hard hit. That just shows the immaturity of the, of the quarterback. And I know this was uh, you know last season. I'm sure he has grown. Everybody grows over the course of the year if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. But... I mean, you have to understand. It wasn't like he was a blindside hit. He, he knew he was coming. As a quarterback, like the, the commentator said, who's going to quarterback the team if you're hurt? And if I'm not mistaken, that might have been... Was that the game that Ryan Fitzpatrick also got hurt in? I'm not sure. And then they brought Geno in. But you got to take a dive on that. you got to be like Eli Manning and just take a dive. Eli Manning is the best at that. I believe the Giants have the least amount of sacks allowed per defense. Well, that's because every time Eli Manning sees somebody coming, he just takes a dive. Which is okay. Believe me, it's okay. It's good because he's had a long career. To bring in Geno Smith, which leaves them with, you know, two. if, if he gets hurt on this play, which I think I would have sent him through concussion protocol on this, on this particular hit, Geno Smith, who quarterbacks the team. And that just shows the, the level of immaturity on the part of Geno Smith. I mean, his contract is up at the end of this year. I'm sure there are teams teams that would love to have him. I just think that it's time for the Jets to just focus on something. Focus on the youth movement. Give Petty a shot. I don't think Bryce Petty have, has ever been given a, a fair shot. And if he's not good, believe me, I'll be the first person to say he's not good. But I just think that with this Geno stuff going on, I just don't think he's been given a fair opportunity. And what's going on with Christian Hackenberg? Is he that not good enough that he can't? Uh, get a snap in a preseason game? Is he not hitting the books hard enough? What What is the story behind him? I'm curious to know. But I'm sure that'll come out. I cannot go. No one cares about the Jets. I, I cannot go. I The Jets are very closed media. Uh, they allow SNY. They allow their own people. I can't go to Jets camp. But I can go to Giants camp. And I, I should be back. I, I will be covering the Giants and the the uh, Patriots game. So look for some live updates. Thanks for for being so interactive on Periscope today. The phone lines are still idle. That's okay. 
Periscope is good too. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, it's at Coach M C C A R T A N. I believe I put that in the description. I just launched my my new website, unofficially launched. It's called ProSportsRundown.com. Also on Facebook, I am. Uh, you just type in Facebook. Just put in. I believe it's Danielle McCartan comes up. It's a Facebook author page. Got some followers on there. Uh, where else can you find me? Also on YouTube, did I say Coach Space M C C A R T A N? You'll see I have plenty of plenty of interviews. Patriots. It, I don't discriminate on on those teams and, and, and things like that. So that that is all there for you guys to, to for your viewing pleasure. Also I'm on iTunes. You can just take me with you anywhere you go. Go on iTunes and find me. Just type in an iTunes store. Uh, look for my podcast. Call it Coach Space M C C A R T A N. You'll find there that um, anything any interview I do goes onto that. I do put it on there, and I do put I will put this show on there too. So you guys can take me with you wherever you go, and it gets automatically updated. Cool, right? Uh, so without any further ado, I think we're going to close it out for today. I'll be back next week. Uh, I'm going to run the credits. Uh, again, it's a disclaimer that I will be back next week from 1 to 2 p.m. on Wednesdays. Hope you guys come back and check me out. Uh, hopefully I wasn't too tough on Geno Smith. I'm gonna. The tweets are going to come in, I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to come in. Geno's got a lot of fans. I understand that. Okay, so, uh, and, and I think that's it, everybody. So, have a great week. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being so interactive. And uh, catch you next week. Follow me on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M C C A R T A N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search with no spaces Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. And that is wrong. You know that. Wednesdays 1 to 2 in the summertime. Thanks. Bye.